This episode is dedicated to my oldest little sister, Naki Briggs. I love you so much. The world is your oyster. And you have such a promising career. I believe in you so much, little sis. This is for you. Avatar. Coming up on The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, a podcast about movies. Welcome. Episode four, people. We are getting this thing on the roll, man. I'm so happy to have all y'all listening, tuning in. It means a lot. How y'all doing this week? I hope y'all had a good week. Hope you have a good next week, too. But, yeah, let's dive into it. Avatar came out December 18, 2009. Uh, This movie was huge coming out, you know? Uh, Shattered billion, like, shattered, like, a lot of uh, records out here. First movie to make um, over a billion. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy movie. I want to know what do y'all remember where y'all was at when the movie came out? I thought you know I thought I graduated high school when this came out, but apparently I did not. Um, it was it was uh came out my um, my sophomore year. Yeah. Hmm. It didn't feel like it's that old. At least to me, it don't feel like it came out that long ago. But it's over ten years old now. But let's dive into it. Yeah, Avatar, December 18th, 2009. So what is Avatar? Oh, Avatar is set in a future in which a former Marine who's like a paraplegic, you know. Uh, I forgot if they talk about his accident or not in the film. But he takes his, he takes place for his brother because his brother died. But he takes place for his brother on a mission to a planet or moon called Pandora. And um, when he gets there, there, there's two different types of groups that live on Pandora. There's the Marines that are hired by a huge corporation to, like, destroy the environment and find a precious material called, um, ooh, called un, Unbotanium, I think so. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. And the second group is a scientist that, you know, want to study and want to get along with the native aliens that that I guess they know of that live there called the Navi. So the former Marine that takes place for his brother, his name is Jake, he has to ultimately decide on which side he wants to join. Does he want to join the Marines or does he want to help protect the Navi and save Pandora? So the cast. We have Sam Worthington as Jake Sully, the Marine. We have Zoni Zoni. We have Zoe Saldana as Nightiri, who plays like I guess the next upcoming leader of the Navi. We have Sigoni Weaver as Dr. Grace Augustine. Stephen Lang as Colonel Miles My- Quartich. My sweetheart, you know, one of one of my, uh, I guess, crushes or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's beautiful to me, and I, I, I do anything for her. Michelle Rodriguez as Trudy, Giovanni Ribasai as Parker, Laz Alonzo as Sute, and um, yeah, this 
Now, this is it's like a really big, it's really good uh, Hollywood cast right there, man. I mean, see, the movie this big deserves a cast this great. Whew. On to the budget. The budget to make Avatar cost $237 million. Man. What, what could you, what could you do with that much money? I'll tell you one thing. I'm buying me an island, and uh, y'all want to hear from me no more. Maybe maybe a little bit every now and again, but now nah, y'all want to hear nothing from me no more. Two hundred thirty-seven million. Whew. Yeah. I think at the time it's like one of the most expensive movies made. I know. I think it's like ranges in the top ten or either top ten or twenty or top twenty of all time movies with like that that cost so much to make but you know it was worth it because you know opening weekend and the box office so in the u.s avatar made on its opening weekend 77 million dollars and it totaled in the u.s alone 760 million dollars Worldwide, two billion dollars. This was the most grossing movie ever made before Avengers Endgame came out. So it, it had a long run. It had a long streak. Avengers Avengers Endgame came out and you know took took that over. But she was sitting at number two. Is not bad. Sheesh. Yeah, I remember seeing this movie in theaters, and it was a it was a pretty good experience. I didn't watch it in IMAX 3D, but I think, I mean, I think IMAX was like a IMAX at the, was a, was pretty popular at the time. But when Avatar came out, um, I'm pretty sure this thing just like put IMAX 3D on the on the map. <clears throat> movie reviews. 83, a score of 83 on Metacritic. That's really good. Um, I don't know how what else to say about that. I mean, this movie, this movie is just speaking for itself right now. 83 on Metacritic, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, with an 82% audience score. With with scores like these, I mean, people obviously have high praise for this movie and what it deserves. Because I mean, this movie was amazing. That the mind of James Cameron and what he what he did with this film was was great. This film was um over ten years in the making too, but we'll dive into that a little bit more when once we get to it. Because coming up next is the um movie awards. So I get a lot of my information from IMDb.com. Like I just love it, and um. According to IMDb.com, it has 86 wins and 129 nominations. So I'm not about to dive into those, all those awards. All right. I'm just going to just pick out some of the most popular ones that stood out to me and that most people know about. So one of the awards I won was the Golden Globe Awards. And in 2009, it took home it took home the best motion picture drama. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, not 2000. 
Well, according to GoldenGlobesAwards.com, in 2010, it took the best motion pictures drama. Who did it beat? It beat George Clooney's Up in the Air, The Heart Locker, which I thought was a really good military film, Inglorious Bastards, and Precious. That's a tough list. That's a real tough list and for it to like just just take just beat at least I mean three of the movies were tough on here. I don't know about George Clooney's up in the air. Never really watched it. It looked kind of boring to me. Can't even lie about that. But the her the Herlock I watched, it was pretty good. It has uh The Hurtlocker has <clears throat> what's his name? Well, I mean, they have two Avengers Avenger members in that movie. They have Anthony Mackie and um, Hawkeye's character. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now because I like him. He's a pretty good actor. Jeremy Renner. There you go. I had to look that up. I had to look that up, folks. Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackie were in that movie. And Glorious Bastards. I mean, Brad Pitt. Quentin Tarantino, Precious. Yeah, that was a... Wow. Just just wow. I'm at a loss of words right now. Um, And I don't know why, but... You know, it's whatever, it's whatever. We're moving on, moving on, you know. In 2009, Avatar won an Academy Award for best cinematography. So once again, who do they beat? They beat Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, The Hurt Locker, and Glorious Bastards, and White Ribbon. I never heard of White Ribbon. Um, Harry Potter is very popular. So I've seen Harry Potter take a lot of L's recently. They lost a. Uh, Rush Hour, they lost to Harry. They lost to Avatar. Um, maybe I maybe I like review Harry Potter, but for now, you know, I'm straight. Yeah. Oh, also, I kind of went. I forgot to go back over here on this one. Avatar won another award for best director in the Golden Globe Awards. James Cameron beat out Kleena, Robitussin. James Cameron beat out Clint Eastwood and Quentin Tarantino to take that home award. And um, I mean Clint, Clint Eastwood, Quentin Tarantino. I ain't gotta say much about Tarantino because you know he he the goat when it comes to making films. And Clint Eastwood, he right there too. I mean, shoot. He got the the um he, he obviously my inspired name from the for the podcast the good bad and the ugly he has that cowboy film Unforgiven um I think it's called uh Grant uh Grand Torino about the car the car film that was really good so I mean uh Clint Eastwood can really direct. And James Cameron can also really direct. I don't know 
that um you know James Cameron can really direct out here. He's one of my favorite top top ten directors. If I had to put my list, it'd probably be number one Quentin Tarantino, number two uh gotta be respectable Spike Lee, and number three I'd probably put James Cameron. Yeah, James Cameron for sure number three. Two thousand nine, a good year for films, man. Oh, and then the last two awards I want to talk about is the Teen Choice Awards. So, Zoe Saldana won Teen Choice Award for Best Movie Actress in the Sci-Fi category. She beat out Scarlett Johansson for Iron Man 2, Rachel McAdams for The Time Traveler's Wife, Gwyneth Paltrow for Iron Man 2, and Amanda Peet for 2012. Y'all remember that movie 2012? Might have been the end of the world and everything. I mean, I wasn't really freaking out, but a lot of people were. But a lot of people were also freaking out for a Y2K. Yeah, I'm kind of showing up my, my age a little bit, but yeah. Uh, going off topic, but those are some really good um, actresses that Zoe Saldana beat out too. Because you had the Rachel McAdams legendary for... Mean Girls, Scarlett Johansson, Gwyneth Paltrow. Hmm. Oh, and finally, Sam Worthington also won that year for Avatar for Best Male Actor or a Male Actor um, in the sci-fi category. He beat out Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man 2. Charto Copley, the the main protagonist in District 9. Jude Law for Repo Man. And and John Cusack for 2012. Yeah. Like I said, man, 2010 was like a... 2009, 2010, great years for movies. Moving on is the the movie facts. Now, once again, there's like a lot of things that went on behind the scenes and stuff that didn't that we didn't even know about. That is a uh, is a lot on this list, and um, I'm probably gonna talk a little bit more about it on concession stand. I might do a concession stand for Avatar because you know it's such a great film, but um. Yeah, there's like a lot of movie facts, and I got most of my movie facts from, of course, imdb.com and other sources on the website. So, without further ado, let's dive into these uh, movie facts. First one I have on my list is uh, that Avatar is 70% CGI. Even Sigourney Weaver's character, Dr. Grace Augustine, she smoked cigarettes in the film, and those were, those cigarettes were even CGI. Everything in this movie was CGI, man, 70%. That's a lot. And there's, like, pictures online that you can see where it's, like, they're, like, in these, um, like, blue CGI suits, and the set is all CGI. Everything is CGI in this movie. It was, like, it was, uh, 
huge, big. I remember even, um, I think, during the Super Bowl that year, you know, how they had, like, their movie previews or special commercials and everything. I think they showed a little bit of, like, behind the scenes for, like, one of the commercials to, I guess, um, show how big of a CGI film this movie was going to be. So, yeah. 70% CGI. My other movie fact that I have is at the time of auditioning, the main protagonist, the lead role, lead male role, Sam Worthington, was living out of his car. And that's incredible because Sam Worthington, I mean, that's like in, not incredible, but, well, his story is incredible. I mean, this man was like living out of his car and he ends up, and then he ends up coming out with Avatar and this man just basically blew up after Avatar. He had so many big movies that came out. I mean, he had the uh, Terminator Salvation. That was pretty big at the time. Clash of the Titans was huge. What else did this man had? Sorry about that. I'm trying to look it up right quick. Oh, is that oh, Man on a Ledge? The sequel to Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans. Um, yeah, so it's crazy hearing about him living out of his car at the time and then just ends up being overnight, becomes like a big, huge movie celebrity. I, lo- I love hearing things like that, man. Just people having a humble, humble beginnings like that. It's very important to have that. Never forget what, like how hard you work or where you came from. I always keep that motivation going, so I like that. Um, This movie took four years to make. And, well, this movie, well, I'm about to dive into that. Let me just forget that part. Forget what I just said. Matt Damon and Jake Gyllenhaal were were supposed to play as Jake, but James Cameron wanted a less-known actor to have a Real to add like a real quality to the film, so yeah, Matt Damon, Jake Gyllenhaal, at the time they were like real big, real big actors. So I said it earlier before this first movie. This was the first movie ever to come across two billion. So my last movie fact that I have is that um James Cameron wanted to have this movie originally made and come out in 1999 during the Save the Rainforest campaign, but nobody could support the budget he wanted. And CGI wasn't as great as, as it is now. So the movie got shelved and, and then got picked up a couple years later. So earlier I said this movie took four years to make. But technical, but technically wise, I guess technicality, technicality. <clears throat> technically, shoot, I correct myself sometimes. Technically, this movie took about ten years to make. Um, he finally got his budget that he wanted, two hundred thirty-seven million. CGI was finally up to par, and 
the movie that inspired him to to show him, or the movie that showed him that CGI was up to par was one of the Lord of the Rings movies. And I believe it was the last one. And I well I think um I had it here somewhere. Let me look it up right quick, folks. Sorry about that. I keep looking up information. You need to come prepare, man. Come on now. We here. You know, everybody out here listening. This is the uh the big show. You know, we finally here doing this episode thing and whatnot. And I'm out here being a professional. So my fault about that, folks. I still love y'all. I still need y'all in my life. Don't leave me. Please. All right, I'm going to stop being goofy right quick. Um, well, you know, due to my unprofessionalism, I forgot which Lord of the Rings movie it was, but it was one of the damn Lord of the Rings movie. He saw it, it came out, and he was like, ooh, that looks really good. CGI, CGI is right where I need to be, and I'm inspired to bring this movie back, take it off the shelf, and redo it. So... That's how Avatar came came about. And, you know, he's not... This wasn't the first time that he used CGI. I think, like, the first time he, he's used CGI was Titanic in 1997. Which is one of my favorite films of all time, too. And he's behind that. And that's why I got to put him in my top in my top five list. Like, this man be making movies. He be making movies. And he makes, like, elegant sets for his movies i mean this is some crane it's in crane it's insane aliens back in 1982 86 something like that if you just look back at that movie and just like see how great the sets were alone even the costumes you know this man this man can make movies this man can direct he got my respect all the way james cameron i fuck with you man you my guy. But yeah, the movie took over. It took about 10 years to come out. And uh, it was just, obviously, it was a big, huge hit. And uh, those were my movie facts, yeah. I'll probably, I'll probably do like a concession stand. I'm not, you know, folks, my brain's kind of not where it needs to be right now. So yeah, those are my movie facts. Next set segment, the things I will change about this movie. Hmm, that's funny. This movie won 86 awards and over 100 nominations. There is nothing to change about this film except one thing. Just one thing. Why the heck they had to cut off my queen, Michelle Rodriguez. Okay? I don't get it. Fast and Furious? What? First of all, we ain't having that. You need to change that because my baby, she deserved better than that, bro. She is like an ultimate badass. One of the toughest chicks I know. She brings like a great balance to the cast even her character in the movie was was like a hard ass and i like everything about her character in the film um she also has like a great turn face you know she realizes she you know originally she was uh well if you guys don't know about the movie and i'm just going to have a little bit into it she was the pilot helicopter pilot for 
the Marines and, you know, she's following orders, doing this and that. And then she realizes what she's doing is wrong. So she turns face, joins the scientists, and does her best to protect Pandora. Ends up in this nice, uh, I guess, like a dogfight scene where it's her helicopter going up against this big, huge aircraft carrier. And, yeah, you know, her... Her, uh... <laughs> her helicopter didn't make it. So she died. Y'all asked for that. I can't believe that happened to him, to her, man. It really did bother me a little bit. Because, you know, it's like, it's like, why the hell? Her character, her character, her character has to die, right? But we have the weird robot noise matrix guy from Grandma's Boy that gets to live. If y'all know Grandma's Boy, watch that. It's a funny comedy film. But, you know, that doesn't make sense, man. She deserved better than that. Change that. She need to be in the sequel. Not the damn, uh, oh. We'll dive into that, Kevin. You got to save it. Get a little bit of my head of, head of myself. So, yeah. Change that. All right? That's the one thing. The only thing I would change is that Michelle Rodriguez's character, Trudy, lives. Okay? Top five. The top, my top five things I love about this film. Number five. Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. No disrespect to other actors or actresses in the film, but I just love Michelle Rodriguez, man. Shoot. Number four. The creatures that live in Pandora. Well, the creatures are actually called Fauna, and there's multiple creatures that live in uh, Pandora. So we have the dire horse, which is a horse that they ride in the film, and you know it's kind of alien looking. Like they use they use a little ponytail to connect with the horse and shit. They have the uh, mountain banshee. And these are like airborne flying predators. They also ride those things and jump on top of it. The red one has its own specific name. And I'm about to and I'm about to tear this shit up. Great Leonepitics Pertix. Some shit like that. Yeah. That's that big old red huge one that Jake is is writing on that that he conquers and that how he wins the people of Navi back. You know, hey, I took I, I took down the biggest beast, so I'm just here to show y'all that I'm on y'all side and that we need to defeat the Marines and we need to do it the right way. You know, he uses that, he uses that, uh, that red, big, huge predator to, um, unite the people of uh, Navi or earn his way back into Navi and then, like, unite different clans that live upon Pandora. 
we have the uh, hammerhead tatano tier there. They have like these, well, I mean, the hammerhead. So it's like a big, huge type of rhinoceros, except with like a horn in the front. Its head is built like a hammerhead. They're um, hexapede. They're deer-like creatures. Prolemurus. They are blue hexapodal creatures. Thanator. Hexapodal land predator. Large hexagonal uh, hexapodal land predator. And finally, we have the viper wolf. I think the viper wolf was the one that um that um attacks Jake in the first in the first couple of scenes, and because I think attacks him, he ends up running away and getting lost in Pandora, and ends up coming across the Navi. And I think it's the same the same creature that um Nightiri was. Riding on too to help protect Jacob in the final fight. So, and like the creatures in this movie, you know, they are just crazy, crazy thought out perfectly, you know, to 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 fit the film. How many times does I want to say you know? So that's number four. Number three, the battle scene. The final battle, no, not the final battle scene. Well, let's get it together, Kevin. Come on. There's a battle scene and there's a final fight scene. But the battle scene is what the one I'm referring to. And in this battle scene, though, uh, like I said earlier, Jake conquers the big, huge banshee. And he's able to earn his way back into the Navi. Then he goes all the not all around Pandora, but he goes. Uh, he goes. He travels to different tribes and clans, and he's able to get a good bit. I don't want to believe this is, these are all the clans that inhabit Pandora, but I could be wrong. Didn't didn't dive into it too much, but he's able to get a bunch of these clans, join them together, and take on the Marines to protect Iwa. And Iwa is like their their life source, what they believe in, the mother nature. So during this battle, during during this huge battle scene, they're putting up a good fight and everything, but they get wiped out. And they will get wiped out pretty quick. And, you know, I think it was Jake... Yeah, Jake was the one that was trying to pray to uh, Ewa, saying, you know, the Marines are coming after you. They're going to destroy you. Please help us out. We're here to help. We're here to protect you. Please. So it makes that like one last final type of call or prayer, whatever. So he does that. Moments later, Ewa comes in, being the strong, powerful force of Mother Nature, 
brings in all these animals, creatures that inhabit Pandora and these creatures then wipe out the Marines pretty damn quick. You know, see, that's what that's what uh, Iwa does. That's what Mother Nature does, you know. She straps her boots on and then says, everybody get the fuck out my way. I shut this shit down and I'm going to take care of these fuck boys. So that's what happens. Number two in my top five is the CGI. CGI galore. Like I said, this movie was 70%. CGI, everything was amazing from the sets to the characters to the costumes. So I heard that one of the real things that um, was in the movie was Nytiri's costumes. So that was one of the one of the few things I heard that was that was real. And then finally, my number one, James Cameron's mind behind Pandora. I can't believe this movie took so long to make and how he was able to be so creative with this. I heard like, you know, I've heard a bunch of rumors that this movie originally wasn't supposed to be Avatar. It was supposed to be like a different movie inspired by anime. I also heard it was kind of similar to Dances with Wolves. Um, But whatever the case may be, he did a great job with how how he had them living in that big, huge tree or how they had like the waterfalls or like the the way like Pandora lights up at night. It's just great. It was like a, it was all just a beautiful place. Pandora's awesome. You should book your next flight to Pandora whenever you get a chance. And yep, that's my top five. Michelle Rodriguez, the creatures that live in Pandora, the battle scene, the CGI, and last but not least, James Cameron's mind. Next segment, does it deserve a sequel? So, according to James Cameron, Avatar was only one of five films. With the second one supposed to drop this year, but has now been pushed back to, I believe, next year. So, yeah, I mean, it's getting it's getting sequels. Do I delete? Do I believe that it deserves a sequel? I would love to explore more of Pandora, you know, because it's a big, huge planet. Well, they call it a moon or a planet, whatever. It's it's up there. It's a different environment, different like different people and things live on that thing, live on that motherfucker. So, yes, I I would love to see a sequel. And um, it's just confusing though because I heard at least in the second one I've heard that uh that the main antagonist Colonel Quartridge will be in the sequel. Which makes no sense because you know the final fight scene, it's him and it's him and Jake, and then it's him again going up against uh Nytiri. And this dude this dude lost Nytiri. Oh lost. This dude gets killed by Nytiri and he gets shot by two huge ass arrows and dies a slow death. I mean you see it on screen and everything, it's not even off screen. 
So how the hell is this guy coming back? I don't know, James Cameron. Do your thing, though, man. I respect your, I respect your uh, credentials and everything. So go ahead and do your thing. Next segment, Hollywood Shuffle. So for my Hollywood Shuffle, I didn't really cover all of the cast in this film. I just mainly covered the characters that stuck out to me. So the ones I would change out my shuffle. So instead of having Sam Worthington as Jake Sully, I have Captain America's Chris Evans playing as Jake Sully. I feel like he'd also bring like a more humbling, heroic type of role, the same way Sam Worthington did. If not, maybe a little bit better. Who knows? Natiri, I have Lupita Nuongo taking that role over. As Colonel Quartich, I have Josh Brolin because if you watch some of his films, I mean that man just like can act like a can act like a really good uh, type of antagonist, especially in Sicario. I won't really say he was a antagonist necessarily, but he did have a bit of a good a good bit of characteristics in that film, and he was like. I think he was kind of like psycho or batshit crazy in Deadpool 2. You know, he played he played a real good cable, so I feel like he'd be a real good villain in this film. I have for Parker the corporate the the head corporate guy that was like a sleaze ball. I have Leonardo DiCaprio playing as Parker. And the reason why I have him playing as his corporate sleazeball is because he did such a great job in Wolf of Wall Street. And I was like, you know what? I, I would have him. I think he could fit that role real, real perfectly. I have Julianne Moore as Dr. Grace Augustine. And finally, I have my man Common as Sute. And that's my Hollywood shuffle right there, folks. All right, that's it. That's the show. We ain't got no more. Tune in next week as I pay homage to the late, great Chadwick Boseman. And I'll talk about 42. Thank you so much for tuning in. And stay safe and be blessed.